0: Hey there, future friends! This week, we continue our dive into independent cinema as we show our support of the writers and actors strike. And this week, I choose a company that advertises with a big old neon sign. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yes, the writer's strike is still going on. Bob Iger, Greg Peters, Ted Sarandos, still all horrible people who make way too much money for the work they do. So while they are being evil pieces of shit, we on this show, being me, William, I will continue to dive down the rabbit hole of independent cinema, focusing on studios like A24, Lionsgate, and this week's studio, Neon. I'd like to thank TikTok creator Newt's Randomized Movies at newts.films for giving me the list of four certain independent movie companies. I know other creators have done it, but she is the one that I saw it first from. If you've never seen her uh, and you are on TikTok, she has a really wonderful thing she does where she watches a random movie. She just draws a number or a streaming service or something from a jar and then just watches whatever movie that she gets. During the strike, she's focusing on the independent cinema like I am. And I wish more creators were doing just because it it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I thought about going back to the the way the show was, because if you don't know, if you've never heard me before... On this show, what I normally do, and once this strike ends, I will go back to it, but what I normally do is I talk about every single movie coming out during the week. Yes, I miss a couple, but I think I'm pretty good about it. But I don't want to do that during the strike, so instead, we're talking about purely indie cinema. So I went through all of the movies that Neon has produced, or worked on, or made, whatever. I have only seen four. There are a bunch of them I wish I have seen, but I've only seen four of them. Yes, I have to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers, but so far, only four films. So let's start with the worst one and get to the best one. So let's start with the worst film I've seen that Neon has done, and it's a movie from 2019 called Little Monsters. Quick spoiler warning, I am going to ruin all of these movies for you because I'm going to be talking about details in the plot. A washed-up musician teams up with a teacher and a kids' show personality to protect young children from a sudden zombie outbreak. This stars Lupita Nyong'o, Josh Gad, and Alexander England. I went into this movie thinking I was really going to like it. I thought I was going to love it. That is a great idea. If you've seen the trailer, it looks funny. It looks good. But one real thing ruined it for me, and it was Alexander England's character. And his character was so bad, I wished the entire time that I was watching the Fred Savage Howie Mandel movie, Little Monsters, instead from the 80s. I forgot when it came out. But his character, Dave, is a washed up musician. He's kind of a pervy piece of shit. Like, there's this scene in the movie where he's visiting his nephew or something, and he sees a picture, a school picture, that his nephew took. And he his nephew has this beautiful teacher, played by Lupita Nyong'o. So he takes this grade school, school photo off the wall to the bathroom, or to his room or something to jerk off to. How f***ing weird is that? And if that was the only thing, I could overlook that. Going, okay, that was really weird, a little disgusting, but okay, it's fine, right? But there was so much more. His character was just so... Irredeemable, such a selfish piece of shit. And I wondered why he was the main character because if you look at the main poster for it, it's just Lupita Nyong'o in a bloody dress jumping up like she's also happy. I'm like, that yeah, that's great. Make Miss Caroline the main character because she is a better character. Josh Gad's Teddy McGiggle, a, ch- a children's show personality. His character was just so boring and basic like i like josh gad and i think josh gad did a good job with what he had but the basis for his character teddy mcgiggle was this beloved children's show personality who behind the scenes is a perverted piece of who who brags about moms wherever he goes and i know it's not the most common trope but i've seen it enough that i'm just tired of it Heck, in an alternate poster for Little Monsters that has the entire, the the three main people on there, Lupita Nyong'o is still front and center, which she should have been. They should have taken Alexander England's character out of it, no hate to him, his character was just shit and there's nothing he could have done to stop it. You could find the best actor in the world by some metric, I don't know how you find this person, and you put them in that role, they could have done jack shit because it was a bad character who is poorly written. Or actually, maybe what was worse is that he was written well. It's just a bad idea. This movie was directed by a guy named Abe Forsyth, who his most recent work was directing a few episodes, or six episodes, of this show called Wolf Like Me with Isla Fisher and Josh Gad on Peacock, which, yeah, okay, I'll give it a try. But if I was basing this just on what I thought of Little Monsters, it's awful. So let's talk about the plot a little bit before I give my final score. So the whole reason they're in this situation is because they are on a field trip. Miss Caroline, of course, is the teacher. Josh Gad's character just happens to be at this place where they're going. And Dave, the piece of Dave, volunteers when a parent drops out because he wants to try and bone Miss Caroline. So they're all at this place And Dave starts being a little bitch because he finds out that Miss Caroline is is engaged. And also, he doesn't like the fact that Teddy McGiggle is there because it takes focus away from him because he's a narcissistic piece of shit. And then these zombies break out of a U.S. testing facility in the area. So when they go to hide, when the students, Miss Caroline and everyone goes to hide, they find out that Josh Gad has locked himself in this room the only safe place on this farm type place they're going, like think of a Pioneer Town type of place. They eventually get in, but then Dave, who is a terrible uncle, feeds his nephew a a chip or something that has something he's allergic to in it. So he has a he goes into anaphylactic shock. And then Dave somehow fs up using an epi pen. You should not be able to fk up using an epi pen. It is I don't want to say super simple, but every time I've taken a first aid class, they're like, oh yeah, jab it in the f***ing leg. It's around this scene that we learn that, that Teddy, or whatever his name is, the um, children's show personality played by Josh Gad, is an alcoholic sex addict who actually hates kids. Oh, wonderful character here. But then that night, we have Dave and Miss Caroline, whose first name is Audrey, having a heart-to-heart, and we learn that Miss Caroline isn't engaged. That her fiancé cheated on her and she left him. And now he's like, oh boy, I'm in. And we're supposed to believe this little heart-to-heart they had was enough to try and get Miss Caroline to look at him as anything other than a piece of s***. Because let's face it, Enemies to Lovers is a fine trope. It's fine. I like it. I liked the hating game. I like things like that. But... I like the people to still be worth it, and Dave, the only thing Dave is worth is a hole in the ground that you then bury him in. But then at the end of the movie, they all escape except for Teddy, played by Josh Gad, because he tries to f*** over Dave at one point and ends up getting eaten by a zombie. And then at the end, we're supposed to believe that Dave is now this great person who loves kids and is helping Audrey, Miss Caroline, uh, like sing songs to them or something. No, no, f*** you, Dave. You disgusting piece of shit. Little Monsters is a short movie. It's about an hour and 30 minutes, uh, according to IMDb, an hour and 33. If you introduce us to a character that's so awful, like Dave, you need a season-long TV show to make him anything other than despisable. An hour and a half with him acting like an ass for more than half of it is not enough time so at the end when him and miss caroline get together i just think that miss caroline is so traumatized that she is no longer thinking with her full brain and it's just like oh this guy kind of protected me i need to hold on to him no miss caroline you are worth so much more at least with teddy mcgiggle he had mental illness he was depressed and he was a sex addict still not great But at least we have an addiction and a mental illness to describe why he is the way he is, and thus kind of maybe hope that he can get out of it. While Alexander England's Dave, again, no hate to Alexander England, Dave is just absolutely worthless. And I do feel bad, because Alexander England's probably a fine guy. Like, look at the late Alan Rickman, could play a great asshole, but was apparently super kind. But I'm sorry, Mr. England. You were too good as this asshole. And uh, yeah, I just hated this movie. And that is why I give this a three out of 11. Wow, I talked about this longer than I thought. Hmm. Okay, what if... Let's pivot here, my future friends. What if I just talk about one more movie, make this a shorter episode, and then I do another Neon episode next week with my final two, and I try to make these maybe about 20-something-minute episodes. Does that sound good? Because I think when I'm not doing my thing, when I'm not doing what this show was designed to do, maybe it's best to keep them shorter to maybe help keep your attention. So I am, instead, I'm going to talk about another movie from Neon, of course, and that was a movie from 2020. But before I do that, let us hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa, whom I'm doing a crossover with pretty soon. I will tell you when that comes out so you can listen to We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa and hear me on that. But we are planning quite a few crossover episodes. I am very excited. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing doing fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we we're, were doing, doing fine. fine. We are back. We are back with that neon movie from 2020, which is called Palm Springs. Stuck in a time loop, two wedding guests develop a budding romance while living the same day over and over again. This stars Andy Samberg, Kristen Milioti, J.K. Simmons, and Peter Gallagher. There are a lot of these movies that repeat the same day over. Most famous one, of course, Groundhog Day, but we also have About Time. We have Day After Tomorrow. We have, not Day After Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow. And we have Happy Death Day. Final Girls technically counts. Let's see, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things and source code, there are more, there's a huge list, but those are just the ones I've seen. So what someone has to do when we have this idea that's been done a million times before, if you've listened to the show, we all know what it is, is just make it your own somehow, but also don't try so hard to move away from those that came before that you make it some sort of convoluted mess. And I think Palm Springs does that perfectly. So we have Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti, playing niles and sarah and sarah goes to this wedding yay she's at a wedding it's so great for her sister and she meets this guy there he's so nice niles and they hook up in the desert because what else do you do at a wedding you hook up in deserts duh so she hooks up with him in the desert but then this guy comes out of nowhere starts shooting arrows at miles or niles Niles crawls into a cave trying to get away, warns Sarah, don't follow me, don't follow me in here, but she follows him anyway because she's worried about him. And also there's this psychopath coming at her with a crossbow. She gets sucked into this weird vortex thing and she wakes up and it's the same day over again. And that's how it starts. So we have Sarah and Niles stuck in this time loop and we see how they take things differently. At how Sarah is just focused on how do we get out of this. But it's implied that Niles has been in it for a while. That he has been doing this for a long time. So he has tried to get out of it. He can't now. He's just kind of over it. Doing the zen thing, you know, living each day. Even though it's the same day, but living each day, trying new things. But she's not. She wants to get out of this. And we see them take things their own way. That's right, I'm reading the premise as I'm going through this. At first, Sarah is like, yes, uh, let's let's enjoy this. Let's live the same day over and over. But then it starts getting to her. But before it does that, she learns that the guy who shoots Niles in the beginning was or is also trapped in the time loop and that it might be Niles's fault. So now he, who also can't get out of this loop is trying to punish Niles for it by torturing him and murdering him. So Niles and Sarah go out into the desert one more time, and they make love again, and then when she wakes up, she kind of realizes, no, f- why are we doing this? So she takes off, and then Niles every day tries to find her, but every day before he could get to her, she is already gone. And so he starts to miss her, but starts to just start doing his thing again in the time loop. But then Sarah comes back. What did she do with all of her days? She f-ing learned things like quantum physics and general relativity. Again, I don't remember that off the top of my head, reading this off the Wikipedia article. And she has an idea on how to fix it. She wants to fix it. Niles is like, nah, let's I don't want to but when she goes to fix it she gets a whole bunch of explosives and is going to go to the vortex she gives her wedding speech to her sister just one heartfelt speech and then goes to the goes to the little cave place niles has a change of heart he goes and follows her they do the the explosion thing they wake up it's november 10th and yay they live happily ever after but we have a mid credit scene that I actually forgot about, that Roy, played by J.K. Simmons, the guy who was torturing and trying to kill Niles all the time, she left him a voicemail explaining the plan to escape. So Roy goes to the wedding, finds Niles and says, did it work? And Niles is like confused and doesn't even know him, which is the reason that Roy knows it worked. So while this is a basic premise, we have people in a time loop, They kind of start to enjoy the time loop. One of them, or both of them in some movies, realize that, oh, I have to get out of this. They form a plan. They get out of it. That, on its own, is a basic. That is the bare bones of all of these movies. All of the movies that I listed and the ones that I didn't, that is the bare bones of it. Days repeating. I'm stuck in this loop. I need to get out of it. But what makes this different is that it's a kind of raunchy rom-com. And I thought it worked really well. I thought the difference between Chris Milioti and Andy Samberg's characters, that they worked quite well together. But then his kind of blasé attitude towards everything, this kind of... That's right, nihilism is what uh, Wikipedia used. His nihilism gets on her nerves, and then she tries to do something about it. So even though when you strip everything away from this, the bare bones of it is just like all the other films that meat that you stripped off it is enough to set it apart from the others and i thought this was a fun film one of my wife's most more recent favorite films and i think it's one that's worth watching every now and then because it frankly it's fun clocking in at an hour 30 it won't even take that much of your time if you've never seen it but i sure hope you've seen it because i just talked about all the movies uh, i'm going to have to put a spoiler warning in i forgot to do that so that's why that little spoiler warning thing you heard earlier on is uh uh, sounded a little weird but yes this movie is fun andy samberg and kristen milioti have good chemistry jk simmons edition is a nice little just caveat to what we normally expect from these movies where we have someone that's an actual antagonist if you've never seen this movie it's on streaming right now i don't want to say the streaming service just because i don't want to support them in fact i think little monsters is on streaming too And the same reason I don't want to support that streaming service until this is all over. But you have Google. You can look it up yourself. This is a good movie to watch. Little Monsters is not. But who knows? Don't let me yuck your yum. If you think it looks good and you want to give Little Monsters a chance, try it. Fucking try it. But I have to give my score for Palm Springs. Palm Springs was a nice breath of fresh air that, that came from a very familiar trope. It's a fun film something quick to watch that is worth your time and it could even be put on rotation every once in a while just to watch it on for a laugh palm springs is a lot of fun and that's why it gets an eight out of eleven well my future friends that is it for this episode 20 minutes seems pretty good i'm not doing my normal thing right uh if you have any opinions on that if you want to hear me talk about any specific movies from a24 neon or lionsgate let me know, and if I haven't seen it, I will try and watch it. But I will always take feedback and constructive criticism. Just always reach out to me. I will I will reply. Eventually. I do not see all of my comments right away because I am very terrible at social media. But I will try my best, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Except for the last person that commented on SoundCloud. No hate towards you. I just didn't know what to say to some of your comments. I do appreciate the interaction, though, so that's cool. But yes, reach out to me. Find all the ways to contact me in the show notes. And remember, if you are new to the show, check back when the strike is over for the way this show was meant to be. But for now, we are supporting the writers and the actors. We are supporting the strike, and I hope you do, too. So, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.